Yo, 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 it's the Woke Fast Podcast with your boy G to the A-A-A-B-E, joined by Trinizi in the streets. Oh, welcome back. So we had to have some fill-in guests last week because you was doing what? <laughs> um, I just took a little vacation, you know. Everybody deserves a little break here and there. Yeah, where'd you take a little "quote unquote" vacation? Um, so, my nine-year-old son was born May fourth, two thousand nine, and for his ninth birthday, we decided to take him to Atlantis. Ooh, in the Bahamas. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Um, happy belated month. Well, not belated, but today is Sunday. So happy Mother's Day, first and foremost. Thank you, thank you, and and happy Mother's Day uh, to all the beautiful mommies. How's your sister doing, by the way? She's she's she, good. She, she's good, man. They we had a good time. We went out yesterday for her. And my mom. Uh, we went to Turning Point. If you've never been there before, their breakfast is on point. Their brunch is on point. It's it's fire. So yeah, yeah. Doing good. My mom's is doing good. You know, everybody's everybody's holding down the fort. How about your? All the, all the beautiful mothers and goddesses in your life are doing great. Absolutely, and especially let's give a special shout out to all the people who may have lost their mothers, um, grandmothers, or even the people that um, uh, never knew their mothers or didn't have the the best relationship with their mothers. Um, shout out to you guys because you guys definitely I know this day is probably tougher for you than the most than the rest. And uh, we just want to make sure we acknowledge you and in your beautiful struggle. So so shout out to those people. Yes, yes, indeed. And shout out to the single fathers that are single mothers. There are mothers on Mother's Day. And <laughs> um, this world is it's a struggle out there. It is. It's a beautiful struggle, like Talib Kweli says. Um, but all right, let's let's uh, let's jump into some some tidbits. So I didn't really get your take on a childish video. This is America uh, last week um, when I had, shout out to uh, uh, Rex Pistachio and The Vanda Show for holding down the fort with us. We had an hour and a half of conversation. <laughs> it started with... Childish Gambino, they went to racism and police brutality, then circled back to Kanye and President Trump. So I'm sure we we kind of touched on that a little bit in previous shows. But on the Woke Fast podcast, I need Trey Neasy in the streets opinion about This Is America. Childish Gambino, what'd you think? Um, so I had to watch that. <laughs> uh, I hope I, as I was uh, viewing the internet, and looking for comments, um, I found that I wasn't the only one who had to watch that video multiple times, <laughs> as Joe Button would say. Um, I just couldn't find everything. I was distracted um, by the dancing, and I wasn't up the symbolism like I know it spoke to me and I know I had to watch it a few times I know I was missing stuff so I think I may have saw the video maybe a total of seven times just because 
there was like someone would say something and I would miss it. Like even his pants, like, you know, they were talking about the, he chose those particular pants to wear. Um, they represented the, the British, the British soldiers wore those pants. Like, Negative. how did you pick up on Negative. Those what pants about were the... actually Confederate soldier pants. Confederate, okay. Yeah, that, that's what I got from one of the breakdown videos that I, I, I watched. Yeah, somebody told me it was British. Um, well, no, not somebody. It was a YouTube video. Okay. There was like 125 theories about it. Mm-hmm. on YouTube um, I just didn't know enough about it um, mm-hmm. um, I'm not very well versed in historic clothing um, so I would appreciate uh, if anybody has any direction on that mm-hmm. uh, be interested in, to, in learning more Um so, like, again, like I was saying, like, there was just, like, stuff, like, the, the pants that he was wearing. Um, I missed the death on the white horse, like, three times, three out of the seven times. <laughs> um, so that was, that was really, really interesting. Um, overall, I thought it was, you know, Donald Glover, hilarious. One of the most brilliant writers of our of, of our time, of our generation, um, super talented, and I like the messaging of the whole video. I like the, um, you know, we are. Oh my gosh, like, like we are so. Our culture in America is just so fickle. And so funky and so like we it's been I forget how long was that Las Vegas massacre? Uh, this happened um in fall time? Was it fall or uh fall. early winter? Can you but like that was the one of the biggest massacres in on American soil. We have mm-hmm. nobody talks about that shit anymore. Yeah, we're already on to the Waffle House shooting. Mm-hmm. We there was about sixteen other school shootings since then. Did um, you see the guy get choked at the Waffle House after the prom? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like Waffle House. <laughs> we have been desensitized to violence in America, and I just thought that whole video concept was brilliant because it really did i was i didn't even realize how desensitized i was i had become towards violence and gun violence and just chaos i was honestly looking at the little kids dance you know what for the first time that i saw that video i was what's that dance that the kids do these days i want to learn that dance the black boy jb the shoe, I think they call it the shoe. What is it? What Listen, does it look like? I'm showing my I'm showing my age. I'm like <laughs> Amir. I'm like Amir. What is that dance that they do? Where they Which one like is it? it's it's called the shoe, where it's like you jump up, you kick your foot. No, same- well that comes from uh one of the rappers, uh Black Boy JB, um, who had a song with uh Drake 
and um well i mean from you know i, I work in a high school so the kids called the black boy the black boy dance um and yeah that's where it comes from it comes from one of the songs um that yeah it, it's it's a cool dance it's a fun dance i want to do it I, I know how to do it I, I try to do it in front of my students but they laugh at me so i'm like okay let me stop i know amir laughs at me all the time because I try to do the floss and I try to do the shoe or the blackboard dance. And it's <laughs> like he thinks I'm the biggest weirdo ever. Just goes to show my age. I'm, I'm getting old. But I just like that was the first time that I saw that. And I'm I'm fo- too busy focusing on the dances that they're doing. I'm not even noticing what the hell was going on in the background. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So I'm going to send you the link to this video, but basically um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a commentary on gun violence. Obviously that's that, that's the more overt um, message through the video that everybody picked up. But you know, um, the subtle nuances of the video include the whole, um, when I first saw it, I was like, these kids look like these kids uh, that are, that he's dancing with either look like, um, kids in in parochial schools in like Jamaica or like the Caribbean islands or like kids in Africa that's what I thought of when I first saw it my sister she's like yo don't don't those kids remind you of Serafina I was like word that's like but then Mm -hmm. another one of my co-workers was like yo like those kids are those the kids from the Ron Clark Academy school in Atlanta I was just like oh that's interesting I was like why would you say that she's like because their videos have been going viral for all the dances and stuff that they've been doing and putting on on uh on youtube and it was funny because ron clark is like a white dude who just you know him and his wife had opened up these schools in atlanta um and the students are primarily you know minorities and (laughs) i saw this one video where they um they 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 were doing the do it like me challenge and he was dancing in it i'm talking like a 40 year old white dude dancing with these like teenage black kids it was funny i could see how like that could go viral and you could tell that he was genuinely like he practiced <laughs> and rehearsed it with them. Um, so she was like, yeah, he's been getting a lot of flack because like people are kind of saying that he's kind of using these kids as like a marketing tool or like they're kind of cooning for him. But I didn't necessarily get that because I felt like he was more like empowering the kids to um, take ownership of their culture and be leaders Um on an educational spectrum, but also on an entertainment spectrum, while also being respectful and knowledgeable of their environment. You know what I mean? Ooh, so can we talk about that for a second? Because it's funny that you say that, because I was having this conversation. I think I was having this conversation with Mike. So, and this is just a sidebar. Like, I feel, (laughs) this is gonna sound weird. I feel bad for the good white people out there in the in America. <laughs> I really do. I really, yeah. really do because so much history, like racial discrimination and racial tension, racial bigotry, hatred has plagued this country that even the good white people like people look at them at them with the side eye like mm-hmm. i don't trust you <laughs> and so and i say all that to say it is, so. is that this guy is probably genuine probably right genuine but you look at him with the side eye because just like the history 
of total fuckery and total like like you don't know what angle and so I bring this up because Mike and I were having a discussion about um who's the the New England Patriots owner what's his name Robert Kraft Robert Kraft and Meek Mill's relationship and somebody oh Mike had a theory about Robert Kraft and his interest and his befriending of Meek Mill. Now we all know Meek mm-hmm. Mill, who was um, been on parole, Incarcer- incarcerated, right. been on parole for parole, yeah. um, a very long time. He's in his thirties, and since he was nineteen years old, he was um, he's been in the system for for this period of time for a uh, alleged gun charged and alleged assault chargers or something like that um he uh he he paid his debt to society um and he is still you know the 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 system the justice system needs a lot of reform and he's bringing a lot of awareness and attention to it um he has recently got out um he was in put in jail for um, popping a willy <laughs> while he was on parole. They threw his ass in jail, which made like no sense. But um, Mike brought up this. So I, I'm, and I don't know. I, I listened to two of his interviews on the breakfast club and Ebro in the morning. And I still don't understand how Robert Kraft and he were became friends but Mike thought it was interesting that Robert Kraft came to see him and came to visit him. And he's like, in prison. Yeah. In prison. And Mike's like, this guy is friends with Trump. Like there's gotta be another angle to this. And, and Mike was like kind of questioning it. And then he's like, Oh, I know why the NFL is kind of losing their viewers because of the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. So they need, especially the black community kind of needs like a friend, right? They kind of need like, we do support black men because 70% of the NFL is made of black men. Um, So we need to, you know, we need to not lose that fan base. And you know what I mean? Robert Kraft, one of the most successful team owners um, having right. won multiple championships, and he's just like, I know what this is about. This is about the NFL. Don't get it twisted. He was like, Don't get it twisted, Trinice. This is the NFL. They don't want to lose that business. They can't lose that fan base. And- but they would get it back if they would sign Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed. Like, stop. Let's not let's not beat around the bush here. Like, a lot of people are not happy with the NFL and their treatment of people of color because of just the martyrs that they're creating with Eric Reed, the safety from the San Francisco 49ers and Colin Kaepernick, former quarterback, who were the first individuals to take a knee at um, these NFL games. If they would sign them, people would just be like, cool, we got it. But like they're blackballing them. So like, why are you trying to go this other route as opposed to just being direct? Like that shit is so fucking, that's that passive aggressive freaking microaggression bullshit that I hate, man. Yeah. It's like, come on, just be direct about the shit. Yeah, yeah, and and um, 
I didn't even think of it. I don't even, you know, I don't watch much football. I just like talking shit, honestly. Um, but <laughs> got to talk shit though. You got to talk it. I didn't, right? I didn't even know who Robert Kraft was, and it's just like, you know, the, what's this? <laughs> Here's Mike, a Puerto Rican male. Mike's like, what's this guy's angle? Like, yeah. what does this billionaire want with me? This rapper from Philly. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be an angle to this. So I say all that to say, it's just like, even when white people try to do good, like... We're I'm always like, thinking about the alter, like, what's the angle? What's the angle? Here? You want to know the angle. Because <laughs> sometimes there are angles. Like, you know, you're you're a black woman, and this is a great segue into, like, you know, our, our topic for the night. But, you know, you're a black woman who is married to a man of Hispanic descent. And there's this thing that, like, you know women that date outside the black women that date outside their race sometimes they feel like or women that don't date outside their race um black women they feel like white guys are kind of like fetishizing them um and that's an interesting concept because you know there's there's this conversation that people are having about donald glover having a white wife he has a black life white wife is like the 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 hashtag that's going around um and I find it interesting because Donald Glover, like, I really didn't, like, listen to him when he first came out. And I remember Mike told me about him. I was like, man, I don't know. He kind of sounds like, you know, a knockoff Little Wayne. His cadence is a little, you know. But, you know, there are a few songs that were here, here, and there. And I was just like, all right, this is, this is actually really cool. He's got some bars. Um, and then once Redbone dropped, I was like, oh, I, like, got shades of, like, Andre 3000 and, like, Outkast, you know, because, you know, I'm a huge fan of them. When that song came out, just the album was just, like, very sonically, like, just appealing it was so pure in the sound and like just reminiscent of so much great nostalgia of you know black people in the 70s before you know crack really you know uh, decimated our communities in the 80s um and then i started watching atlanta and that's when i became a fan like the fact that he has a white wife i don't necessarily care i can get why women specifically black women care but at the same time um like love is love like you choose who you choose with like donald glover is half white anyway so like who are we to tell him not to date white women his mom's a white woman so like clearly the woman that you date and you know is a reflection of your mother and her love that she gave you and yeah. he felt that that was like where he can get it and you know that's that's cool so i mean that's that's i don't know what do you think um well as somebody who has dated interracially i i do honestly i i i believe that you can't help who you're attracted to um you can in fact um and i'll use myself an example (laughs) you know i don't mean to toot my own horn but humble brag hashtag humble brag here it comes (laughs) (laughs) humble brag but um you can definitely be woke and 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 be respectful of your community and your culture and date outside of your race. Um, I am highly, highly aware of what my ancestors of dark skin descent um, have contributed to the world. Mm -hmm. And I have never been so proud of that and honored and and grateful and and uh really appreciative of my ancestors histories and um i see that i see that and and 
I, I don't seek, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm so proud and I, and I'm, I'll give you an example of what I, what I basically, what I, what I'm trying to say here is that (laughs) contributed so much to the world and I'll never forget that one day my mom had, um, who is, you know, most chocolate beautiful woman you ever seen and I remember coming in the house being very young and you know what I mean being kids outside and playing out all day and she would say to me oh stay out of that sun you're getting too dark oh no this is coming from a dark skin black woman was your dad light skin? Uh yeah, he's my he's my complexion. And brown skin, that's not light skin. There's colors to this shit. You know what I mean? He's he comes from that that hue. Uh, was he high yellow? <laughs> no, but was he Drake color? His sisters are. His sisters are. Was he yellow like Chris Brown? <laughs> his his sisters are. He is my. I would say he's my complexion. Um, Could he get color tattoos and it show up? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but my mother is. You know what I mean? She's a beautiful chocolate lady. Uh-huh. Um, same hue as your mother, and um, she would say things like that. Um. And so, like, I was just, like, confused, right? So I'm like, you know, you don't want to be in the sun too long. And it wasn't until much later, actually into my adulthood, that I was just like, you know, like, do you really understand what melanin is? And it wasn't, yeah, like, um, Dr. Delbert Blair and another hey, shout, shout out to the mediciner and RIP. and and Bobby Hemmett like listening to their lectures like wow like we honestly this is like we have protection from the sun it is the most beautiful thing allegory ever and i was just like this is so cool i have never been so proud of and you know, for me as a man, like I love when a girl who is fairer skinned, um, when they get a tan, like there's something about like that tan on a woman that is uh, like medium brown skin or like light skin when they get a tan and that they get that golden hue. I'm like, ooh, damn girl, you want to be a mother next year for Mother's Day? Like what's going on? <laughs> hey, I'm trying to be a father for Father's Day. Like it's, I mean... It's an interesting concept. I think that, you know, as a kid, I, I grew up overseas. And so there was obviously uh, in the country I grew up in, in Germany, there's obviously, you know, mad white people. Um, and I always had this, you know, this attraction. I was probably more open to white girls since I was growing up overseas and had that. But then I come to Jersey and grew up in a neighborhood that was primarily black, but the school was predominantly white. Like I had my white girlfriend's elementary school um I didn't really have any girlfriends in middle school because I was like weird and awkward and in high school I dated uh two of my girlfriends were black but I had like a couple of moments with white girls but like 
ultimately, honestly, like I, I'm too insecure as a black man <laughs> to date white women. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. No, I. It's like I, I like I, I don't want I don't want to I don't want the side eyes from from black women in the mall or you know like my mom saying slick shit because you know I dated you know I date a bring home a white woman even though I know my parents are accepting of that because I got mixed sisters um and I have a mixed niece and everything but for me personally I don't know there's just something off about me like seriously dating a white girl and there was one maybe two white girls in my entire lifetime that I took seriously. And I was just like, you know, maybe I can make this happen, but it just fell off because it was just like, you know, unfortunately white girls have the stigma of being a little loose, you know, a little loose in the caboose, you know, being extra thotty. Um, Even though there are thoughts all over the world, but you know, just in America, they just have this pit, this tendency or this, this, this bad rap of just being easy. And, you know, like if I get a white girl's number, like at a party or at a club or a bar or whatever, I'm like, man, that was that was too easy. But like, if it's a woman of color, like, you know, they make you they they put in a, they make you put in a little a little work, which I kind of like. You know, the obstacle, the challenge. You don't want things to be too easy. But um, I I don't know ultimately if I can see myself coming home with a white girl and say, Mom, this is going to be my wife and the mother of my children. Like, you know, we just fell in love. I, there's just something about me and whatever insecurities I have that I don't I don't want that to be part of my family. And so, like, I'm really, really, like, um, uh, what's the word, intentional about the women I date and and bring home to my mom. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just me personally. But I do commend and I do laud the people that are free and open enough to let go of what people think to just love freely. And, I mean, that's including gay people, straight people, you know, people that fall in between those categories and that spectrum. Um, because it's something really beautiful. I don't, I think it's easy. I think it's easier to date somebody of like another minority. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think, cause there are similarities, you know, as you can obviously, you know, um, attest to, but there are similarities within certain cultures, like, you know, black and Filipino, black and, you know, Mexican, black and Puerto Rican, Dominican, you know, um, Asian and Filipino, um, you know, Indian and Puerto Rican, like there's so many, um, so many combos of like minorities that ultimately do work. Um, but going back to what you said about, you know, um, being appreciative of your community, there was, um, Shaka bars who, you know, I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, but I do, he had put up a couple of posts, um, one about Donald Glover and his relationship, another one about Winston Duke Mbaku from, um, Black Panther. Did you see that? No, I didn't see them. So Mbaku, or I should say Winston Duke. Um, he, when he like, obviously he was like one of the celebrated characters of Black Panther, um, um, after the movie came out and he had first said, I remember this, he was like, you know, African women, women of color help me heal my insecurities. And because of that, I will forever love them. I would never disrespect them. And I will always have genuine love for them. Um, and, but then come to find out recently, I saw that his girlfriend, I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend, but you know, his partner, she's half white half Asian and so there were conversations about oh this guy's supposed to be you know uh, M'Baku of the you know the Jabari clan but he's dating this you know this non-black girlfriend but like Chaka Bar had said why are we looking to these celebrities for 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 direction they are play they play a role They're, that role is not something they come home to right. on top of that he had said that he was healed through a lot of his insecurities through women of color so it's not like he's like 
talking bad about black women or bashing them or anything like that. Like he has lauded them. He has praised them. And for us to uh, be mad at him for dating outside of his race, that's indicative of his environment. Like he's in acting, he's in theater. He's going to be one of the minorities in a group of uh, Europeans and, you know, white people. Um, so unfortunately with, you know, actors and athletes and people of uh, a more wealth than, you know, your average American or human being on earth, they're going to be around people that don't look like them. And so it, they can't help but gravitate towards certain people because they just vibe. And so for us to look towards them for direction is unfair. And then on top of that, he put Welcome back to the Wolfcast podcast. We had some technical difficulties. You get over there? Yeah, I uh, I don't know why I dropped. <laughs> oh, that's what happens when you have Sprint. We had the same thing happen last week. Why do you guys Sprint? Change the AT&T to T-Mobile or Verizon? I have T-Mobile. I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh, that is T-Mobile. I got T-Mobile too. That'd be happening. Um, But the last point I was trying to make was that um, statistically speaking, black men um marry uh black women um and they do like he pull up these stats you know just you know average average people and black men more uh like 89 percent of black men married black women um and like 85 percent of white men were married white men like people within people stick within their race so he was saying that just because we see celebrities with these uh uh non-black you know, wives or girlfriends doesn't necessarily mean that that they are the 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 examples of our community. Like he said, he said that you know we do look to them for you know distractions when they're in movies or whatnot, sports. But like they shouldn't be held to this regard that you know we should follow their standard. We should follow our own standards and just appreciate them for being able to think outside the box. So, what do you think about that? Um, I would have to uh, agree with that. Do. You- a very strong persona in the movie Black Panther, but uh, I feel like America and and other people too, and and internationally too, like <laughs> some people just can't separate the fantasy world from yeah, reality. <laughs> like seriously. Like um, one of my favorite shows is 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 The Walking Dead, and I was hey. I was listening to um, Daryl uh, Norman Reedus, and he was just like, you know, <laughs> how many people who came up to him and was just like, you, <laughs> for those who were all the Walking Dead fans, um, there was a don't, you know, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. I don't care. Last season, there was a death, a very iconic death of 
one of the main Ooh. characters, Glenn. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was satisfying. I stopped watching it after that episode because I was so distraught. I was like, and it was a fake death. It wasn't even the real death. When he was like the dumpster and he fell between the dumpster and rolled under it under it. Yeah. It looked like his guts were getting like torn out. I was like, nope, can't watch it no more. That was my guy since day one. No, no, no. But come to find out he lived for like five more episodes. <laughs> he lived for five more episodes. But Derek, Norma Reedus was just like, he can't even begin to say it. Like how many people came up to him and was just like, Glenn died because of you. Eddie's <laughs> relax, bro. Like a show. You do know that this is great. But people get right. into it, like super into these characters, into these movies. And it's like that stuff isn't real. So I say all that to say is like I do agree with that. It's just like, you know, these celebrities, like we look to them for I, I don't. We them for like guidance and leadership and um their their but that's not necessarily their job like their job is to entertain us but like they're they, they don't necessarily have to be leaders of their community like that's our expectation that's an expectation problem within the community i think yeah it's uh it's um a very interesting dynamic and culture that we have here in america um mm-hmm the the influence that the celebrities have over us um is unparalleled um it really is um but back to that whole point about the whole insecurity thing and with the um it, it's it's interesting and it's complicated because like America, we're essentially, like, we're a melting pot. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's like everybody who says that they're American, you know, could have descendants from India or Japan or Africa or, you know, Germany or Ireland and be born here and their nationality, you know, is, is, is American. Um, as like, if you were to fly to like, I don't know, Sweden, or, um, if you was was to fly to Egypt, like their nationality and their people are, you know, mostly of, you know, majority of people aren't, you know, mixed with other things. We are the most diverse country, um, in there so it it it's almost like and i think england england or the uk they also have um uh, more a little bit more diversity too they have diversity like america has diversity yeah yeah but they're smaller so they're smaller so you know that creates an interesting dynamic for them as well it's 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 almost like a, a natural progression a natural evolution that there will be mixing of the race mm-hmm. because just there's just not one type of people from from America. There's lots of different people from America, so th- there's that one aspect of it. That's that's one I, I expect. And two, just going back to what you were saying, is like just like like my son, like eighty percent of his school is white. Blanquitos, blanquitos, and. I know that day 
because of what he sees on a day-to-day basis, he will be attracted to some little white girl. You gotta pull up with a white girl. You gotta pull up with a white girl, a little skinny white girl. I know how to make cornbread too. <laughs> I knew this, and I accept this because you know what I mean. I just, just the way this we are located, mm-hmm. um, and who he's around, right? Um, so, um, you know what I mean, and I could go into like, why don't I live into these urban neighborhoods? You know, um. What's his? What's that guy's name? No, uh, he no he. What's his name? Oh my god, he he. I'm drawing a blank here. Oh my god, who's a very outspoken Doctor Umar Johnson? Is it? Johnson, and he talks about that. Like I should move to an urban neighborhood, um, and my black son should just be, you know what I mean? Should be attending an all black school. Um, and I think that's, you know what I mean? He, as a, you know, pan-Africanism and stuff like that, it, it's, that's easier said than done. Like I, I am where I am for economical reasons and situational reasons. Like I, and you know what, and we live in the Northeast too, and unfortunately, not unfortunately, fortunately, the Northeast is very diverse. It's very diverse. It's different if we lived in like you know South Carolina or Georgia or you know like Alabama or something like that. But like you know where we live, you know you're just going to be you're going to have that you know that school with you know maybe a bunch of white kids, a bunch of Spanish kids, black kids, you know Asian kids, um, and you know certain communities. Unfortunately, in the Northeast when they have predominantly uh, minorities, it's looked at as a, as a, a bad neighborhood, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. um, that's why I loved Atlanta because Atlanta was just like, it was unapologetically black, but it was also diverse. But, you know, you, you got the black experience, black experience, but you can also have like, you know, another diverse experience, you know, with other cultures. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's, it, it, it's a little extreme, sometimes to say like you should move because I'm raising a black son he I should move to an urban area where the, he can identify more with his people and it's just like it's not the experience that I'm I want him to have I want him to learn about everything I want him to yeah. to know every you know go to school I went to school with all walks of life you know, um, one of my girlfriends was from Croatia. I didn't even know Croatia was a country until I met her in high school. Um, she was Croatian. Um, and I learned about Croatia through her. And Shout out to Game of Thrones. Hey, King's Landing's filmed in Croatia. Yes, yes. And I, I wouldn't have had that experience and I wouldn't have, not, have known about that culture and I wouldn't have known about the history had it not been from this experience and so that's kind of like what I want I want my son to experience everything and know about everything because it it, it does kind of keep you from being a little bit ignorant like if you just you know what I mean and and you slowly too you realize and Anthony Bourdain said this too like throughout his travels he's like throughout all of my travels and and food shows and things that I posted like we all are the same the basics right basically 
we all are the same and we all want the same thing and just to live and be happy. That's it. Live, survive, and maintain some sort of like smile on our face. You know what I mean? That makes me think about my niece and she's mixed. She's half black, half Italian. Um, And I love how her father and my sister are raising her with just the understanding of both cultures. Like she calls my mom, her grandmother, Noni, which is an Italian word for grandmother. And like, they just, they just make sure that she's around certain family events. So she has that understanding of, you know, an Italian Christmas, but then a black Thanksgiving because there are cultural differences. There's, there's now the conversation, i.e. Rachel Dolezal, you know, who says that race is a construct of society. And I can kind of see how that is because that was something that the white man did put in place to categorize people. Um, But I talked to somebody who's a a professor, an anthropology professor, and they said that race kind of is made up, but culture isn't, you know, you can't negate somebody's culture. Like you can't negate the Italian culture, even the Italian American culture. You can't negate the black culture in America in comparison to the black culture in South Africa. Like there are little different, there are differences, major differences, not even little, major differences between cultures, especially if there's a culture that, you know, was transported here to America, but had roots in another continent or another country. Um, So I think that that's an interesting concept, but I do love how my niece is being raised with the understanding of both cultures. Because ultimately like, yeah, you know, when she gets older and even now people look at her, oh, that's a black kid, you know? But, you know, she does have this heritage, you know, of, you know, of, you know, being part of an Italian family. And, you know, for me, I don't have any kids. <clears throat> but lately, though, Train Easy, I've been dating a lot of Hispanic women. <laughs> <laughs> I've been eating the arroz con pollo, okay, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Um, and I find that interesting because I know that um, I read one of the comments for the Winston Duke um, post that Shaka Bar put up. And, you know, he had mentioned something about, you know, race being, you know, or cultures being, you know, a part of, you know, um, you know, different continents and so on and so forth. And somebody was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm Afro, uh, I'm Afro Colombian or something like that. So I identify with Africa, but I also acknowledge my African roots. And his comment was, you're a Spanish speaking African. (laughs) I'm like, damn, I never thought about it like that. Like, you know, Puerto Rican girls, they're Spanish speaking Africans. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Colombian girls, Spanish-speaking Africans, um, especially the dark-skinned Colombian girls. Shout out to them, um, and you know all all the all the people that are part of the transatlantic slave trade. We both know that more slaves went down to the Caribbean islands and South America and Central America than they did to North America. It's just that North America, our presence is a lot more um, 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 known. Um, so, you know, it, it's just that I think that's an interesting concept. But, you know, I love I love black women, um, not too big up on, you know, dating white women. I love white people as friends. I have tons of white people. As, my brother-in-law is, you know, he's he's white. And we hung out on Friday. It was a great time. He wanted to hang around with black chicks. So I was like, all right, let's go to Perlay, bro. <laughs> and we go there. Fong Master Flex happens to be DJing. My boy Ricky lets us in for free. Shout out to Ricky. My man, Poppy Champoo. And like we're just surrounded by black people and he felt love. Like this six nine black dude just came up and gave him a hug and he loved it because that's just like, you know, his vibe, that's his environment. But you know, I I, I can't front. Like I'm I am attracted to women of color. Like there's something about, you know, a brown skin, a light skin, a dark skin, black woman, Hispanic woman 
and sometimes even a Asian woman that I'm just like, yeah, man, you can't, you can't, this, you can't take that away from her ever. You could, you could try to tan yourself as much as possible or throw as much makeup or, you know, kink up your hair as much as possible. But when it's natural and it's, you know, part of her DNA, that shit is beautiful, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody has their, their, um, their preferences, but I like what you were saying about culture. Like, you, you know what I mean? Race, race is a social, uh, a social construct, um, created mm-hmm. honestly for division. Um, but you, the culture is just like you, you hit it, the, the, the hammer on the nail, like the, the, nail on the hammer. yeah, no, the hammer on the nail, the hammer on the nail. You said it right. <laughs> um, well, if I didn't, you know what I was trying to say. Um, the, uh, the culture and race is big. And I really think that is so important that it, let, let's say like I'm a black girl and I'm dating a white guy. And if we don't have an understanding of one another's culture, Mm-hmm. We are not going to survive at all. I honestly, I truly, honestly believe like that's not, it's just not going to, we're just not going to make it because like certain things culturally that as a black woman and what black people that he may not understand. And there's certain things like, and you know what I mean? Like I may not understand. And so, mm-hmm just not just not being being around it you know what i mean so if there is no like like i said like you if you haven't been around white people or you haven't been around black people and you just don't understand the culture you're definitely i don't care how much attraction how attracted you are to that person you're definitely not going to make it it is so important to understand people's history their childhood because that makes them who they are and how they relate in relationship to um so it is it's extremely important um to have that understanding of different cultures if you are going to date outside of your race um Yeah, I need my I need my 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 girlfriend that is not black to understand why I'm pissed if I get put over by the cops. Like it shouldn't even be like a question. Like, but why? Like, you know, my sister's telling me how her my sister loves white boys. Love her. But she's been loving white boys since forever. Um, and she told me how um, one of her ex-boyfriends, he would get pulled over by the cops and curse out the cops. <laughs> and she would be like, yo, this dude is wild. But like that's part of their culture because one, his parents, one parent was a lawyer, other parent was like a principal or something. And he would throw like, do you even fucking know who my parents are? Like, my fucking dad is going to freaking rip you a new, you know. And she's just like, I, I can't even, I couldn't even fathom doing that. Because that's just, you know, part of their white privilege. You know, white privilege is a thing. Like, imagine a black guy call, cursing at a cop, like, on some real shit. Like, that's probably the end of his, that's probably the, the end of his life, you know. Yeah. But, you know, a white you could do that. You know, black people, we're taught to, like, speak respectfully and to, Make sure that you know our hands are present at all time. Like, and this is even before all the stuff that's been happening in the past two, three years with you know the police brutality. This has always been a conversation that you've had with your black son or your black daughter. You know, once they get their driver's license, you know, you just you just got to know that there's a certain way you are 
when you're around police or there's a certain way you're on or there's a certain way that you are when you're around people of authority um because of how we've been brutalized over over the decades it is it is a very very and i hate to say this but this is just our reality here in america if you don't like it you should definitely consider moving uh to france yeah <laughs> or back to you know what i mean back to africa or you know what i mean like it's a very very real possibility like your sister definitely she i mean look at sandra bland she right cursed out a quad uh, out a cop all of a sudden she's dead like that still doesn't that story still doesn't make any sense to me uh for real that picture is scary as fuck. It is. It is. Um, they knew what they did. Um, but Good luck sleeping at night, buddy. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Like, it, you know what I mean? I, I tell my, like, you know, Amir's only nine. Um, but I will tell him, like, listen, you know what I mean? A cop is being aggressive with you. You know, I, <laughs> you know. I'm going to be like Pops from Friday. Like, live. Live to fight another day. Like, take his name and his badge number and then file a complaint later on. You know what I mean? Comply with his stupid little request. Get out of the car and all that other stuff. Don't fight with him. Mm -hmm. Just take his name, his badge, um, whatever information you can gather about him and file a complaint about this guy because, you know what I mean? You getting all mad and in your feelings and emotional about the, the, the treatment could actually result in the end of your life. And then it's like, you know what I mean? Like. Was that and I do want to say that I did talk to um, one of my, um, uh, one of the security, the head of security at my school and he's a former cop. And he said that um, it doesn't matter the circumstance or situation. Um, he says most cops, when they fire their guns and they, either shoot and injure somebody or kill somebody that does stay with him. He said he never had to, but he has had plenty of, you know, officers underneath him where, you know, that was something that, 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 that was a reality. So, you know, with all these police brutality, you know, cases that's been happening over, over 50 years, let's be honest, it's been happening since, you know, the 50s, 60s. Um, they, there, there is some sort of PTSD that they have to cope with. And I'm not saying that, to 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 have you you know pity them but it's all about compassion and empathy they go through something as well um as well as you know the black community or the 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 minority community when it comes to the police so let's just be cognizant of both sides of the argument that you know they are going through something there's some coping mechanisms that they have to um uh, address in comparison to you know what happens with these people let's not think that they're just monsters um, because they do have to address their emotions when they do something like that. It's not normal for people to shoot other people. Just, you know, that's no. not part of our, you know what I mean? It isn't. And um, I have great respect for the 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 career, the police officer, um, right. several family members. I have nothing but admiration. That is a really hard, sucky job um, to maintain order, maintain balance and, and service your community. Yeah. That's what I think of a police officer or how a police officer is like a, a, 
serving their community. And with that said, um, I think it's important and I would like to see more of police officers who, um, I, I really honestly, I think that with urban areas, I would like to see more police officers from the area serve on force because community police. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. I think that would cut down on a lot. Like you take somebody from, uh, what's her, we're both from Jersey. What's, what's the neighborhood that you, you take somebody from Highland Park. Mm -hmm. Highland Park. How you doing? You take a a (laughs) Jewish guy from Highland Park. And you put him on the police force down in Baltimore, right? He wants to be a police yeah. officer. He needs a job. He passes the test. They place him in Baltimore. Like, I don't know if that's how it goes, but let's just say, let's just pretend for the this argument's sake. Now, this guy probably doesn't know anybody, anybody from uh, Baltimore, like the, you, you get what I'm trying to say. Like, if you're from the yeah. community, you have a like a like a little rapport with people, and you know families, you know generations, um, yeah. and you have a little bit more background and history, um, and and knowledge of the people. Yeah. So, if you see Freddie Mac on the block selling on selling on the corner yeah and you know his family and you're from the area you're not as quick i think in my mind i don't think you would be as quick to draw your gun yeah on somebody knowing that and it's weird Weird to say that, and I'm probably oversimplifying this, but I do honestly think that if you're going to serve on a police force, you should serve on where you grew up at. Yeah. Um, and DeRay Davis in his Netflix special, he talked about that. He said that, like, when you're not from the community, you can misconstrue a guy, you know, saying, hey, what up, police, as aggression. Right. And, you know, and then shoot him. In comparison to if it's somebody from the community and you know when a guy is like, yo, what up, police? The guy be like, man, you better calm your ass down before I tase you. He's like, oh, you know I'm just playing, man. Come on, man. Get out of here. And it's just like in that instance, because you have awareness of the culture and the community, you know, that situation doesn't become something that it doesn't happen. It doesn't escalate. But I, I do. It doesn't escalate. But I do want to kind of move on because we do have a few minutes left. And I know you uh, we both have to kind of get 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 to bed. Cause we're old heads out here in these streets, but we got young spirits, spirits. Um, what did you think about the "This Is It" woman version parody that uh, that that has been out uh, probably the past couple of days? What did you think of that? So I was just made aware of this video for, um, I want to say, two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about this parody. I um somebody else uh was th- there's all kinds of spoof of this now. Um 
for sure. I'm sure. Yeah, so. we're we're gonna see a a wave of these. Um, I was just watching one uh, early yesterday. Um, I thought that this was pretty. Um, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't funny. It wasn't comical. Um, but I do kind of. I you know I kind of stuck my my fist in the air when she was talking about like you know basically women we're just like in america like we're thought of just like baby makers you know it's like shut up collect your money on your little part-time job make the babies and we're almost like a threat to men if we rise or like we want more for ourselves and that 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 parody that she did kind of spoke I think there was like two instances where she spoke about that a little bit like it's almost like you're like ew how dare you or like ew who do you think you are if you want more out of life and if you want you know what I mean like you don't want kids you're you're like a weirdo if you're like um, somebody who just wants a, a career or in travel or something like that. Like you're, you're, you should want to mature. You should want to be, uh, you know what I mean? Maternal and, and raise kids and all that other stuff. And it's like, how dare you not, you know what I mean? Go against the grain. And I, I like that about that. Um, that was a key takeaway from that. What did you think? Man, I thought it was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm going to quote somebody, um, that said, because um, um, this was on thegrapevine.com, um, and that's how I found out about it. And somebody, uh, a commenter noted, this is America, Donald Glover's video, was special because of its subtlety and how much thought was put into each part. This video removes all of that just to be loud declarative statement about something that has little to do with the original, yet somehow they decided the same backdrop that, backdrop that represents a prison and tried to replicate the South African cultural dance moves that were used for a video about women's rights. Now, I'm all about women's rights. I never want to stifle a woman and her being the best woman she could be. I, you know, I was raised by a woman. I have, you know, good friends that are woman, women. Like, you know, I vibe with women. I love my brothers too. Um, but like I, I respect the feminist movement because obviously, you know, if you're a person of color, you understand the feminist movement because it's just about, you know, you wanting your voice to be equally heard as, you know, the next person. Um, but I just didn't like it. I just felt like it. it I felt like it detracted it. I, I, I get why she did it. Nicole Arbor is, you know, a YouTuber and she's a, com- a comedian and she was trying to capitalize on something that is, you know, really like mainstream right now very popular is trendy and everything i get that and but the message behind it like she could have chose another avenue for that i just felt like you know her using the this is america um motif was um was a little unsettling you know we always hear about cultural appropriation and all this stuff even though she had a diverse group of people in the video um i just didn't like her 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 avenue of doing this i wish she would have chose a different avenue um a, a different way of doing it. Um, I can see how it's funny. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree that it has its humorous moments and she did definitely, you know, write some bars to this, which was cool. Um, and then, you know, the little tap dance at the end was cute. 
Um, but I just felt like it kind of took, it, it was trying to take the, the wind out of, you know, what Donald has um, done. And it's so cool about Donald and his, his video because I was watching an interview with him for the movie Solo and they asked him about, you know, his video. He's like, yo, you're having a really big week. The, you know, the movie's now being open to, you know, critics um, and they're giving it, you know, positive reviews. And then you release this video. Atlanta is doing well. Um, what can you tell us about the video? And he's like, I don't want to say anything about the video. I will let that be for the people. I want them to determine what it is. That's for them. Um, and so we get like freaking breakdown videos of his video. I think that's so dope. And then she comes in and she does this. And it's just like, I, I get it. I get the feminist movement. I, I, I support it 100%. But I just didn't like how it was used in, 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 in with, with Donald uh, Glover's This Is America. I'm just like, meh. Well, nah, you tried. It, it definitely wasn't subtle. Um, it definitely wasn't subtle. It was it was loud and obnoxious. Um, right. Which was probably part of it, part of the 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 video. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah, like you said, like it, she tried. Um, she tried. But you know what I mean? Like you you take a you can take a little bit from something. Um, that's whatever. Uh, I, I like it to the there's, <laughs> there's like about two more other spoofs that came out. So really? we're, he's going to be on this This Is America wave for a while. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, they spoofs everything. They're probably going to have some some Atlanta skits. <laughs> that, ep- that episode that he did with, uh, with Teddy, Teddy Perkins. I imagine, like, I thought somebody would have come out with their own, like, little a spoof to that, too. Because that was, like, what the fuck episode when he, <laughs> when, which one was that? When Darius. Oh, oh, with, like, the Mike, the Michael Jackson looking. Yeah. Teddy Burke. Yeah. Yeah. That shit was so creepy, but it was so good. It was, that was such a good fucking. Freaking hilarious. Like, Darius. It's so funny, and the ostrich egg. I was like dying, laughing. I know that was so disgusting. Ew. It was so uh, funny. Uh, it was. I know we should probably talk about Atlanta and try to deconstruct that at some point in time in, 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 in the podcast. Yeah. But um, all right. Well, listen, just real quick, I put in this is America women parody, and um, the article was the first thing that came up. But then everything after that has been like porn video parodies. Like, what the fuck, internet? <laughs> Leave it alone. Okay? Leave the porn alone. It's not good for your brain. It melts your brain. Ugh, God, I'm so mad that that happened. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, this has been your boy G to the A-A-A-B-E with your homegirl. Trinizy in these streets. Yes, sir. We're all about interracial dating and free love and mothers and America being free for people to live their lives the best way possible and being woke AF. So we hope you folks had a great night. This is the Woke Fast Podcast. Any last words for the people, m'lady? You know what? Choose love and light always. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Love, hopefully with a big booty. Ow. <laughs> I like a girl. Doesn't matter what color, we love it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that's so horrible i'm horrible i'm sorry that's a horrible way to end but this is how we're gonna end it all right guys have a great night the woke fast podcast with your boy gabe and trey niece peace oh thank you